Before we dive into the conversation, I wanted to tell you about an event that's coming up really quick that our very own Adrian is uh, training at uh, with a couple of other really powerful trainers. Uh, the, the event's called Lodgewell Presents Lodge and Learn. And if you're a business professional wanting to spend time in a super cool city with some super smart people to help solve a super challenging business or leadership problem, then this event is for you. It's in Austin, Texas, June 25th to the 27th. So coming up here really quick. Adrian is joined by Jenny Brittenbauer, who has been a guest on our podcast before. If you've listened to that episode or you know who she is, you know she is a powerful, badass founder. She founded Jenny's Splendid Ice Creams. She's the she's currently the founder and CCO of Jenny's Splendid Ice Creams. She has so much to offer to uh, in the coaching context and the supporting and mentoring context for founders entrepreneurs and business owners. We'll also be joined by Mark Edwards, who is a part of our organization, Take New Ground, and also has an organization of his own called Founder 911. Think about this, three days packed full of powerful content from these trainers uh, and these powerful human beings. It will be you and 15 other people in a room workshopping your very own leadership and business obstacles, problems, opportunities. So if you want to be one of the select few that are part of this workshop, there's a link in the description of this episode. Go click on that link, get registered as soon as possible. Seats are limited. They're going to go fast and we can't wait to see you in Austin. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Naked Leadership Podcast. My name is Chad. I am joined once again this week by Dan and Adrian. And this is yet another installment of our Harrison Assessment Paradox series. And this week we're talking about the motivation paradox. Motivation paradox measures both self-motivated and stress management. So how do we find an equilibrium? How we find a balance between self-motivation and managing our stress, and they call that poised achievement. There's so many great points of discussion in this conversation, especially as we talk about self-motivation and what that looks like under stressed achievement. I got so much out of this conversation. I hope you do as well. Let's dive in. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the conversation. My name's Chad. I'm here with Dan and Adrian. Gentlemen, how are you? Excellent. Thank you. Two thumbs up from Adrian. I wish you could see it. You can't. This is audio. Yeah, two but, thumbs up. Uh, it's like I just got out of a cold plunge. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Today we're we're revisiting the Harrison assessments. Another installment on our Harrison assessment series. This one, this week, we're talking about the motivation paradox. Um, again, I just want to, I want to remind everybody when we talk about the Harrison assessment, we're talking about paradoxes, two ideas, traits, um, preferences that we, that seem to be opposing. Uh, but when, when we consider them and when they, um, when we're high on both, they can work synergistically, they work together. Um, so inside the motivation paradox this week, we're talking about self-motivated, which is on the vertical axes and stress management, which is on the horizontal. So these are the two kind of seemingly opposing ideas, um, but together uh, create 
poised achievement is what Harrison assessment says, which is that upper right um, quadrant when we're high on both. So we're going to, we're going to dive into all of that uh, shortly. I do want to get our definitions in place as we always do to make sure that we're talking, we're speaking the same language in this conversation. So Harrison, um, they define motivation or the motivation paradox by saying how you deal with self-motivation and stress. Right. So those are the two things that we're that we're looking at. And they define self-motivated by the drive to achieve, including taking initiative, wanting challenge, and being enthusiastic about goals. And stress management, they define as the tendency to be relaxed while at the same time managing stress well when it occurs. So as usual, I, I know that both of you come into you've done so many of these Harris, you've looked at so many of these Harrison assessments. You've done so many of what we call the Harrison debrief, which is an hour and a half with a client debriefing their paradoxes, their traits, their preferences, all that kind of stuff. You guys just so many hours and hours of wealth of knowledge and experience in these. Adrian, I'd love to start with you if that's okay. Um, I know you've got some thoughts going into this motivation paradox. I'm just wondering where your mind's at. Yeah, this is a key one. I'm looking back at my, my assessment. Um, and this really, this comes up on uh, for everybody we work with, you know, we, we work with unique types of individuals um, on purpose because uh, it's more fun for us. You know, we like working with very self-motivated people. I don't know. There's never been anybody I've ever looked at of the, however many I've looked at of these. <laughs> that was low on self-motivation. Um, lots and lots of them. There's no one that's low on self-motivation. Um, you know, self-motivation is that like trio, like, you know, you, you probably didn't catch the trio, but there's three, there's uh, three preferences in that taking initiative, wanting a challenge and being enthusiastic about your own goals. So it's a, it's a, uh, uh, trio, I kept saying like, the, um, anyway, together, these three things together. Yeah. Trifecta. That's it. I was like, tribrid. That's not a word. Hybrid. <laughs> anyway, thank you. Trifecta. It's a trifecta together. Um, and everybody's high on really self-motivated. Um, and most, and, and partially as well, because we work with on the entrepreneurial types, whether they're entrepreneurs and founders themselves, or they're entrepreneurial inside of a corporate context, if you only end up wanting to work with us, if you want to like decide that you matter and you've got, you've, you know, there, there's a you that is meant to be expressed and let's, let's roll. You know, like if you're like, if you're like that, like motivated about your own goals, you want to challenge, like bring it on, like that type of, you know, inertia, bring it on, let's roll. And I'm going to do it. I, give me the ball. You know, I'm going to take up my own initiative. Nobody has to ask me to go get involved in something. Kind of like I was at my son's, all-star practice yesterday and there's a coach out there and I had some thoughts about what he was doing <laughs> and what and more, I had more thoughts about what he ought to be doing. So it's hard for me. And if you watched me from a distance, you've watched me inching closer and closer, closer and closer. Nobody invited me to coach, but I'm going to be have a hard time not getting involved. So anyway, so anyway, um, sometimes as a, as a volunteer soccer coach for my kids, soccer games, I've experienced those Adrians out there lots and lots of times. <laughs> Awesome. You know, and you can either you know, avoid them at your own peril, the, or you can lasso them in, lasso them in. So anyway, so taking initiative, nobody ever had, usually has to ask me to get involved. So folks I'm working with high on self-motivated, I'm looking at mine. We ran my results against the CEO 
template. It's a, it's a green one. It's an essential trait for the position. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, self being self-motivated, if you're, if you're running anything, you better want to be there and moving yourself along the way, not asking for anyone else. Um, Somebody on a white her, horse her, is going to show up. Yes, that's right. No one's coming for you. You, you know, you're running your own rescue mission. Um, yeah. You know, the other, you know, the other side of that paradox, which is, is blue on mine, which is a, a, a um, instead of essential trait, it's a desirable, desirable trait for the position is really important is what that, that's saying. It's not essential necessarily, but it's really important how one manages stress when it occurs. Um, and people's, I mean, so everyone that I'm working with is going to achieve how are they going to be in the achievement is the question. Um, and most of them are aware of these, this experience, because that distinction, I'll just talk about the top, because the distinction is around poised achievement or stressed achievement. And even just me talking, I know the difference. I'm pretty driven towards achievement um, most of the time, even in unhealthy ways or ways that are a pain in the ass, even to me and anybody that's around me. Um, I'm pretty driven towards achievement. Like a day off is a rough, is not a natural occurrence for me. Like, even if I've got a day off, like what are my five projects I'm going to do today that like make the day off feel worth it? I don't have to ask myself to do that. That's usually the way it is. I feel, you know, anyway, I'm a nutcase in this, in this regard. Let me get to the point. There's the, um, you're going to be driven towards achievement. Are you going to be stressed in achievement or poised in achievement? Uh, And, and there's, there's, that's at least two. There's lots of them. Then Dan will probably talk about it soon. Two different experiences, both inside yourself that like I have to, like there's a gun against my head. That's like a stress achieved. Like I got to get this thing done. And you know, you start taking hostages along the way because people start to get in your way. They're, they're in the way between you and where you want. At least that's my own experience. Mm-hmm. If I'm in this stress state um, or I'm chill and I can actually integrate, integrate both my needs and wants and what I want. Um, and, and I'm thinking about what I want, taking initiative, like, oh, you know, we're at Disneyland the other day, there's 10 of us. And I'm just thinking who's, who's deciding where we're going. Is it me? (laughs) Is it you? Is this, this guide person? Is the guide deciding? I don't like his, he doesn't seem driven enough. This is like the conversation in my head. Does he think we're here for a walk? I want to get some shit done here. Hey, how do we get the big, biggest, you know, it's like, anyway, welcome to the self-motivated conversation. Um, so my experience of myself and others experience of me is really going to show up with how I, how I navigate the complexities and, and stress is kind of a, yeah, I think like a fifth Avenue word for complexity. Mm. Um, you know, it's really like, it's just not that straightforward. Like I want what I want and I'm in concert with three other people. That's, I'm going to feel like it's stress, but it's just more complex. You know, because mm-hmm. if I decide to care about them um, and if I decide to even bring them to the table and like care about them is probably step one. Step two is like, you know, enroll them in what's going on and getting them to the table and then finding all the possibilities of their synergies. That's really complex as well. Um, and if I want that dance, if I want to dance with the complexities of life, despite when it's really stressful, if I really want what I've got and even want the challenges that are here, you know, I'm going to be more poised. 
and it's just part of it. The, the, something that's coming up for me hearing you talk about that, Adrian, and that was really powerful for me. So thank you for that. Is that, um, the, <laughs> it becomes stressful when the complexities are a threat, at least that's how it shows up for me. Right. When you, when you talk, a threat. yeah, yeah, exactly. When I'm making up that they're a threat, when, when they look like a threat to me, that's when the stress, that's when it's high stress, it's stressed achievement because there's, I've got all of these threats and all of these enemies that I've got to get through before I can get to the achievement. Right. So I've got my arrow quiver and I'm on my horse and I'm stressed and I'm like taking, you know, taking all these things out. And um, it's yeah. And the difference is when they don't look like threats, but look like opportunities or um, points of integration, the poised achievement can exist. Kind of like the, the idea of like having grace under fire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's interesting because the stressed achievement, right, is because I'm so motivated uh, to get something done. And I think a lot of the times the complexity of the stress comes out of, if you think about it, there's kind of, it's like, how am I willing to stop lying to myself? That's probably the first thing I think about. And what, what would one be lying about? Well, one would be lying about what's going on around them. Like if I'm really motivated and I'm going after something like most of the people we coach are, in fact, you can't coach somebody who's not motivated. If they're not on the field, you can't coach them. There's mm. it's difficult, right? There's, yeah. there's nothing you can do because it's not your job to get them up. In fact, if the coach has got to motivate the player, then the coach doesn't know what his job is. Mm. And, and so when somebody's motivated, they're driving to achieve something. And oftentimes there are three things that get in the way. And, and they lie to themselves about it. Like, like there's, I lie to myself about uh, circumstance, like somehow this circumstance is in my way. And so I'm stressed because the circumstance, the minute you say you're going to achieve something, everything that's between you and achieving that, everything that could stop you begins to show up. Obstacles don't come into the view till you have a commitment. The minute you have a commitment, the obstacles, you can identify them. And then if I take the relationship to the obstacles as if they're a problem, it's like, you know, it's the old saying, the minute a plan hits reality, that's entertainment. Because when you put the plan against reality, reality shows up and says, no, here are the things that are going to stop you. And so if I'm not willing to accept those things, like accept them, not like defeat, but how are these things, you know, like what are they going to call out of me? Like the necessity is the mother of all invention, right, of, of creativity. So I'm, it's like the stoic, the, ob, the object is the way. And so the stress comes up when I think there ought not be any obstacles. Mm -hmm. And the obstacles show up both, I, either I don't accept myself, I don't accept what's going on in me, I think it should be different. I don't accept others. I don't like the way they're participating. I don't think it's going to work. And they need to change. They need to be who I think they ought to be because I can't, I'm, I'm, on the, I'm not willing to connect with, understand, get inside what's really going on with them and how that can, how do, like, what are they seeing? How can we, how, how can that actually benefit? How can we stand together to have it turn out? Instead, I think I have to do something to motivate them. And then the circumstance. So it's self 
others in circumstance, how I'm relating to them is either going to produce stress or it's going to open up, like I'm going to start to see creative ways to articulate the plan. Like the plan's not, I go in knowing the plan's not going to unfold like I planned it. It's just gives me a something to, a structure to start with. But by the time I get to the, the end result, it's going to be something completely different than what I planned. And if I know that, yeah. I'm not going to have a lot of stress about what occurs. And the other thing is managing that requires time alone where I can get in touch with, I can meditate, I can reflect. I mean, I like, it's like working out is a great way for me to kind of get in touch with some of my own personal blocks. Uh, you know, yeah. I've been you know, like, like what stops me internally and, and then reflecting on what pisses me off about some of my team. Like, why are they responding that way? I can then get in touch with, well, what, what else could be true? What else is going on with them? So that rather than proving my point, I could look into what else might be there that I'm not seeing. And every time something new opens up like that, stress is relieved because I see a new possibility to meet the challenge. I think probably the most difficult thing in the trifecta that Adrian was talking about, I mean, if you're not willing to take initiative, you're never going to meet the challenge. <laughs> if you take initiative, you're going to meet the challenge. And if you're not willing to rise up to the challenge, you're not going to be, you, you, you've got to actually be enthusiastic about your goals to hit the challenge. Like, how can I use this to get to where I'm going? And these are, these are integrated conversations. They, they require some inquiry, right? Because stress management shows up oftentimes like such a, like, okay, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go take some time off. Well, that might be the thing to do. It might be, it might be that you ought to just stop and meditate. It might be that you ought to go out for lunch. I, I used to manage a group of salespeople and, you know, we had these goals we had to meet and we'd have a lot of fun doing it. And inevitably, over a long period of time, over a month, they would get stuck. And I would think of different things. I remember thinking, and most, I had like three women and four men. And it was, they would get stuck and then they would start to bicker. And so I, I remember thinking, well, you know what I'm going to do is, it would inevitably happen too about halfway through the month. So I remember it shutting the off. I, I went in. I decided I'm going to shut the office down, and we're going to go. We're going to go left-handed bowling. And so I shut. I tell them, "Look, we're going to go. We're going to go out. We're going to go bowling." They all looked at me like I was crazy. We got this. We got that. I go, no, no, no. Let's just put it all down. We're going to go bowling, and we're going to bowl with our left hands. And going on the way to the to the bowling alley, they you thought I was committing, you know some sin or something. They were crazy. They were going to fall behind their work, all of this upset. And we'd go and we'd bowl left-handed bowling. We'd laugh. Pretty soon we're laughing, relaxed, talking to each other. We'd go back in the office and inevitably we push through. We would break through because it just freed them up. Right. And knowing when to do that and how to like, there are like, how to, how do you deal with what is the obstacle? Like that was to me, there's only there's either a competency or an attitude breakdown. And the stress comes from understanding what it is. And the minute somebody can see a possibility, 
Like, you know, when you look at something, you go, this is stuck, but you see a possibility to get through. The minute you see that possibility, you get motivated again to go after it. And so when people get flat, stressed out, the idea is to get, how can we step back and look at this thing new, afresh? That's part of stress management as well. And, and what, what's going on in my head? What have I made up about it? But if I don't manage that stress, inevitably, I'm going to end up in that lower right-hand quadrant, which is tranquil inertia. I need to hide away to regain, regenerate, because I am unwilling to answer and connect with either myself, others, or the circumstance or some combination thereof. So I've got to pull back and regenerate and then go back in. And oftentimes that doesn't work. And it's just because I'm going to run up against the same thing again. So it's like a pattern and it's like, you have to go dark and people go, what happened? And then you come back strong. So that, that flip is, can be very dangerous, but it's also, if you're low self-motivated, high stress management, you're going to just, you're going to live, you're going to live in tranquil inertia. You're going to be over there constantly taking care of yourself, afraid to answer the challenge. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I've never, had, I'm sure, I'm sure from time to time, there's been some kind of lower self-motivated people and then part of their behavior range pops down into tranquil inertia. I've never worked with anybody that's, that really is focused or their uh, primary center point is in the tranquil inertia. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think they'd ever get there. I don't think they, I don't could think they would either. I don't think they would either. Um, you get, there's so many themes here. It's kind of. Go ahead. It's kind of a self, what do they call it in experiments? Um, self-selection. Like yeah. it's it, the only most, <laughs> I would, I would venture to think most people taking the Harrison assessment are by nature self-motivated. They're taking the Harrison assessment because they want to evaluate how they can do better, how they can not do yeah. better, but like create new things in their company and in their self. Therefore they are self-motivated. Yeah. And the tranquil inertia is just a back. Like if somebody's really living over there in stressed achievement, it's, it's the high achiever who has to disappear and they could be doing it. Like they might go out and tie one on and disappear for two days. They might just go dark and nobody can find them, but they're, what they're doing is re, they would say regenerating. Right. And so that stressed achievement can push you deeply into tranquil inertia. Sorry, Adrian, I cut you off. No, it's good. I mean, I think so. Dan was talking about, I, I wanted to talk about a few things that Dan was talking about. So he, he was talking about this flip where if most folks I work with are at least half of their, a lot, how do I say this better? So if you could picture it, if you're at five on stress management, which most people I work with aren't, uh, they're lower than that or at that, around that, or rather around five. Um, sometimes they're less than that, but either way, half their time is in this poised achievement quadrant on the top right and half the time in this stress achievement quadrant, but they're higher, much higher, seven, eight, nine on stress on it, on self-motivated, right? So therefore under stress, they're going to flip. This is this internal flip. We've talked about these. This, this internal flip flipping into tranquil inertia, which is usually like an invisible, might be an invisible process for other people, even might be unconscious for the person doing it, like checking out. And, you know, so I, we want to watch part of the challenge is, I think, for folks that want to achieve well, because you can achieve poorly and you can achieve well. 
Um, You can go get stuff done. You can ostracize yourself from yourself. Like you can treat yourself like a tool. I've got, I've been like that before. I've got lots of clients that have like that. They just use themselves over the series of 20 or 30 years. They don't know who they are anymore, but they're used to using themselves like a professional. And then they wake up to the wake up to their life when they're 30 or 40 or 50 and think, Oh, I don't know who I am anymore because I've just been using myself for the last, you know, for the last few years or last couple decades, even um, that's stress that, that that's like stressed achievement or this poised achievement where it's like connected to oneself and then connected. And I think Dan said a great, great way of talking about how to be integrated and be connected. Um, this flip in this tranquil inertia is checking out of what's going on. And there, there are prices to be paid for that. And sometimes it's cool, like no big deal. You know, like even this morning, I, there's a couple of texts I didn't get back to yesterday um, that, you know, I was just doing other family stuff yesterday. I didn't want to get back to them. I could just get back to them today. Okay, good. Um, but if I, if even, even if I don't watch it, I can like be stressed about what's needed and then get, uh, get hard on myself about why I'm not, I'm not delivering to the call. And then I'll be checked out about something. Have you guys ever done this where it's like somebody emails you about something and then you, you don't know how to, this is how it goes for me. I don't know how to answer them. So I'll wait. And then I wait a little while. And then all of a sudden it's a week later and now I'm ashamed that I didn't answer that email. And then I'm like, do I respond? And then how do I respond? Do I respond and lie? I'm prone to do that. Hey, sorry, I didn't see this. That's a lie. I did see. <laughs> you know, I do I, this. I do this when I don't like my answer to the email. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's great. You know, so part of anyway, this is a natural dynamic. If you're a leader that's, you know, finding yourself checking out from some of the difficult conversations, no problem. But, it, you know, join the club. Um, yeah. You're probably in the stressed achievement quadrant most of the time. You know that you're stressed out. Other people around you, they know they come and look at you and walk away like it's not a good day to go talk to Tom. Don't talk to him, you know, because, you know, he's freaked out about something. And you probably have a sense of what poised achievement would feel like. I know I do. I know what it's like for me when I'm poised, meaning like and that word integration keeps coming to mind. We talked about integration in the last clubhouse, like poised achievements really like, okay, hold on. How do we all win here together? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you you know, what if the world's not about to end? That's where I go. Catastrophic thinking doesn't work with poised achievement. It works with stress and stress achievement really well. Like catastrophic thinking is awesome. Disaster baiting. It's a cheap way to get motivated. Yes, that's right. Fear. That's what I was thinking about. Actually, one of the themes that you were talking about, People juxtapose fear and faith. We could juxtapose like fear and like optimism, fear and connection, fear and integration, fear. I mean, fear, there's a lot of fear and the stress. There's, there's something else in the poise, which is, could be a lot of different things, depending on how somebody's wired. Like you could like. I've noticed in poised achievement, both myself and others I've seen, you included both of you, I've seen it, is the willingness to ask for what you need. Yeah. Or the willingness to inquire. If you don't know what's going on, but you know something's needed, the willingness to inquire of your team or other resources because you know something, you're missing something, and you know that somebody else can help. Like, like it's okay to ask them to help. And yeah. that, that brings you, it creates a certain poise, right? Because you're opening up a field, the field of, of view. So that you can see more possibilities, 
and, and that takes, it takes a, a kind of a presence, a, a, a mindfulness, and that mindfulness brings a poise, and then I can hear what comes to me. I'm going to be much more creative with it. Yeah. I think that checks I'm in. Typically, I think that, that goes to your fear thing because usually I'm afraid to ask because I don't, I don't want to look bad or I don't, yeah. like, I don't have the yeah. answer. You know? Yeah. There's, a, totally. there's an experience from our team, and I've, I think I've told this story on the podcast before, but it's worth repeating, at least for me, because it stood out so significantly um, when um, Bethany, our, our client coordinator, was semi-new and there was a piece of software or something that we were using. I don't even remember what it was at this point now, um, but she, after a couple of days of trying to figure it out on her own, she just came into the team Slack and just said, hey, I'm sorry, I, I'm not figuring this out. Can somebody help me? And Adrian, your instant response to her was, uh, just so you know, asking for help is celebrated on this team. And to me, that was such a big deal. I mean, it was just so beautiful to me. It's like, oh, yes, we're in this together. Asking for help is celebrated. There is no shame in it, especially when you've worked so hard to figure it out on your own first. And then you bring it to a team that has your back. Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, I don't know if she experienced stress those days that she was <laughs> trying to figure that out on her own, but man, what a relief, yeah. what a way to be able to be in, po in poised uh, achievement when you know you have a team that has your back and will help and help be, you know, asking for help is celebrated. Yeah. 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 That's, that's an interesting moment. I, re I remember that moment too. Yeah. Just because, you know, there was something there as she was new to the team, there was something there that I wanted to celebrate. And she's been like the best. I yeah. mean, I get so many compliments from clients about her. It's just killer. I'm conscientious. The word in the dictionary says conscientious has a picture of her underneath it, man. Yeah. <laughs> she's like that. She's like that. And I just dig it. And I, and part of that is too, you know, I, I typically, I need help much sooner than I want help. That's almost always true. Yeah. I always need a lot more help than I'm willing to have. <laughs> um, based on ego stuff, based on my own fears, based on any, whatever, name the racket. It's, it's just like, but asking for help, um, you know, I, I want it to be more present in my own life. That would, it would, I, I usually wait or I'm a pro at just like square peg, round hole, hit the sucker real hard. It'll probably go through, you know, shave off the edges, but it'll go through, you know, like, and that's what I, it's con it's very, it's pretty constant in my relationship with Allie. I'll be banging my head against a wall about something and she'll say, Oh, what about this? And I'll be like, Oh yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. No. So much easier. I was, you know, bang, I was like trying to get this thing to go, you know, and a lot of my stress is that's not the way it should be. It shouldn't be this way. It ought mm -hmm. not be this way. Reality is not me. Right. So here's my plan. plan changes or reality. You try to change reality. Exactly. There's, 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 there's macro and micro stress, you know, there's like bigger picture things about career and relationships and that kind of who am I, all that kind of macro stress.
stress. And there's a little bitty micro stress, like, you know, my phone dropped a call and that effing sucks and what I should be, you know, call, let's call T-Mobile and, you know, fire them and blah, blah. You know, it's like this micro things. It's like, well, why don't you relax, man? Why don't you just restart your phone? Like every other human being does. <laughs> you know, I mean, what you're hitting is that thing I said in the beginning, like to stop lying to yourself. Is, yeah. It's the first step. And then the next step is to be honest. Like if I'm ever going to find the truth, what's really going on, which is always changing. I find that I first have to stop lying to myself. And, and that usually you just hit it on the head. Like, like the lie is the plan is better than what, like the reality has got to fit the plan instead of the plan moving dynamically with what's going on. I've got to get real about where I'm at in relationship to what's going on. That's the honesty. And if I do that, then I'm going to start touching into what's real. And yeah. I've so many times seen with a client, I'm thinking about one of our clients that we, we talk a lot about and his, he's a CEO and his, his unwillingness to connect with his team to understand what is really going on and trying to fit them into a view has been so frustrating for him. I think it, it exhausts him. You want to talk about tranquil inertia. I mean, you know, it'll, it'll produce a tranquil inertia where you just got to back into it and disappear for a while because if you don't meet with your team very often, if you're not communicating with them, if you're not connected to them, yeah. and then you have expectations of them performing the way you want and they don't, they're, it's either going to be they're bad, wrong, or broken, or I miss something. <laughs> and the yeah. honesty is, I miss something. <laughs> yeah. I just, it, it is always when somebody's, when, when a leader's got a complaint about a team member or a whatever, let's just say a team member. I will always say, great. When's the last time you talked to him about that? Oh. And inevitably it was a long time ago. You know, I've been talking to myself about him for a long time, but I haven't talked to him for a long time about that. We've had meetings, but it just never comes up. And I just, you know, this is part of the lie part that you're talking about. And by the way, I've got this t-shirt like only a million ways if I you know, own this, where it's like, I'll just wait until it gets better, quote unquote. I'll give it some time, wait for the ideal situation. That's usually what I tell myself is like, let me wait till the time is just right to have the combo. And that's never coming. You know, like the, the time is never right for anything. It's just when I decide, that's when it is. Like that's when, that's what's happening. Um, well, I mean, to your point, the first thing I'm curious about if I'm on my game, when I'm on my game, is I wonder what I'm not paying attention to. I wonder what's not the way I think it is. Mm -hmm. Like the curiosity about how I see it first. And if I get really curious about how I'm seeing it, I see other possibilities about how you see it. I'm much more interested in then understanding how you see it because I can see it could be a number of different ways with you. And then I want to hear what you're having to say, but I first have to engage myself in like, well, I wonder if it wasn't the way I thought it was what I want to know, right? I hate, I, I taught my, my children that conversation. I hate it because now they're constantly saying, well, dad, if it isn't the way you thought it was, would you want to know? <laughs> my grandkids even use it on me. Amazing. Yeah, I had, a, I had an experience in this, um, 
in, in the recent history or recent past in my, on the media side, my film business where I, I still own it, still run some projects in there, but have a team of people that help me accomplish that because most of my focus is here on what we do at TNG. I had an, ed, uh, my editor was editing a project and it came back to me and it wasn't close. It wasn't even close to the, the, the quality that I thought it should be and that I expect from him and, and is in character from him. He's the best. Um, and he actually listens to this podcast. So this will be a fun, he, uh, we've had this conversation, but um, you know, the edit came back to me and from my perspective, it did not live up to the standard of both our company and the client that we were doing it for. And I had all of these assumptions in the beginning of like, Oh, he just rushed through this, you know, whatever, all of these things that I made up were true about it, but were completely out of character for him, right? This, whatever I had made up was never a part of our history, history working together, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, finally, uh, I, it came to my mind. Uh, it took me a minute to get there after being all righteous and everything about it, but it came to my mind of like, Oh, you're missing something why don't you go try to find out what you're missing first before you go through this story making and like putting these walls up and these, these, you know, making these assumptions. Well, you make wrong. Yeah, yeah exactly. Happens. Exactly. And so checked in with him, simple phone call. Hey man, what's going on with this? This doesn't seem like it's whatever, you know, and turned out that he had the, the client had put together an outline of what they thought the video, like the outline that, of the video that they thought it should follow. And he followed that exactly. And it just became a conversation of no, 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 no. We were the masters. We get to choose how this story unfolds. We you're hired. You're, you're in your position for a reason. Do your job. And we'll tell them that the, this is why the, this, this is the way the story needed to be told. He came back with a second cut and it was incredible because it was him and his talent and he, he not knowing how he knew. So it was and just, he, and he could probably, and he could tell them why he did it that way. Exactly. And they could feel it when they see it. Exactly. A hundred percent. But it was so, it was so reaffirming for me to be like, Oh no, you're missing something. He thought he was doing the job. Yeah. And, and we just, it, and so what I missed was I didn't go into the project with him telling him, Hey, here's what they've outlined but I, I hire you for a reason and you, you run with it. That's where I missed it. That's what I missed. That's yeah. what I owned. And uh, it was such a, it was just such a good reaffirming uh, experience for me as we talk about this. Well, these are really where I think it shows where beliefs pop up inside this dynamic. Even like, you know, I assume he was in some stressed achievement, right? Cause he's a smart guy smart guy, well-accomplished guy, this editor of yours, sounds like a great creative. And then all of a sudden, because it, it takes a certain type of thinking to think, you know what, I'm not going to be me. I, you know, I'm not going to do what I typically do. I'm not going to be my creative. I'm going to go follow this template of this kind of undereducated client. Like they, I make up that like, oh, under stress. Okay, good. Color by numbers. Oh, for this one, not usually, but for this one, color by numbers, I'm out of time. Or I don't want to piss client off. Right? I want to keep yeah, the client off. You know, and, and as we go towards probably the point is like, as we go, like I get really scarce under stress 
meaning like it's got to work this way. Possibilities dwindle, only options. I've got two options. That's it. Pick, you know, it's like it's shitty. Fine. Okay. Whatever. Um, or an employee's achievement. There's lots of ways we can work this out. Hey, let me give, if we use that example, let me give Chad a call. This is a little bit off. Let me give Chad a call. He's probably available. You know, it's like I make up people aren't available when I'm under stress. I make up that they are available when I'm poised. I'm yes. curious when I'm out of stress, I'm, I've got to find the answer immediately if I'm in stress. Yeah, that's right. Up to me. That's right. That's yeah. right. I'm, I'm usually, I'm, I'm usually the one running the hostage takeover when I'm under stress. <laughs> Everybody on the ground, get out, <laughs> give me the money. <laughs> <laughs> instead of like hey guys <laughs> we're having a party called life what's going on here's what i'm up to what are you guys up to you know yep yep i love it well, let's wrap this up any final thoughts around this paradox around the motivation paradox that you want to leave with our listeners well don't give up motivation because you're stressed find a way mm-hmm. there are lots of ways to deal with the stress of being ambitious. What I, what saddens me is when people don't like the experience of venturing and they decide to have a smaller vision to generate the emotional lifestyle they want, instead of learning how to um, manage themselves, manage their stress in a way that can open up the biggest possibility for them, their teams, their families. So if you're going to choose one, stay committed to something, Call us. We'll help you figure out how to work out the stress part. Um, you know, that's the, that's the last thing that comes to mind is like, don't, don't let your vision match your emotional landscape on a specific day. Hmm. I would say next time you find yourself stressed, like stressed, and you think there's no way out, write down exactly the way it is. And then ask yourself, if it could be different, would you want to know? And then get curious about how you know, and invite other people in to seeing how it, how it might be handled differently. What else might be available? Like, and be open to it. Like, so that's kind of- There are always more, options. There are, yeah, more options. And well, at least probably more on the table than you think. And it kind of goes exactly. along with, I mean, I just, it kind of goes along with exactly what Adrian was saying. You know, it's like, how can this, what else is possible that I don't see? Or if there was something else possible, what I want to know, let me look. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, thank you so much. Adrian, you made the invitation. Get in touch with us. There's a link in the description of every single one of these episodes. If something strikes you here, if we can help you discover some things with yourself, your leadership, or your team, that's what we would love to do. And uh, thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thanks, Chad. Thanks, Adrian. Bye, everybody. Bye. Well, my friends, thank you so much for listening to yet another conversation on the Naked Leadership Podcast. Your listenership and commitment to the podcast means the world to us. If this podcast or these conversations has helped or inspired you in any way, would you mind going to Apple Podcasts and leaving a five-star rating and a glowing review? This helps us grow the movement and reach more leaders and teams. Finally, the greatest compliment that you can give us is sharing the podcast with your teams and the other leaders in your life. Until next week, bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.